welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. Today, listeners, it's a lovely returning guest, Mari Kovanen. She's a psychologist and conscious dating coach. And Mari is joining me today to talk about attachment style. So welcome to the show again, Mari. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn. I'm really delighted to be back again and talking about the topic that is so close to my heart. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, in the dating coaching world, it's it's a topic that I think most dating coaches know about, but not many probably audience members are aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it is a topic I've covered before, but I'm always intrigued to find other people's viewpoints around attachment styles. So um, take it away, Mari, give us your perspective on what attachment styles are and what each one actually looks like uh, so that the audience can get an idea from you specifically mm-hmm. um, what that perspective is from your point of view. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of a background. Um, so yes, I'm a psychologist, registered psychologist and a dating coach, but I have originally actually, I am also an attachment um, trauma therapist. So although I'm kind of, that's my background. So this is where I sort of I love everything about attachment. Um, so attachment, of course, it refers to the original sort of bond that we we develop with those early caregivers and where we learned about really relationship um, templates. And um, so what I'll do if I give you a little bit of a kind of always sort of talk about each attachment Adaptation, as I would like to call it, because it was really about adapting to the early environment and what that meant, maybe what that might have looked like for people there. And then what does that mean in the here and now? Because there might be in the audience people who really want to kind of understand what does it mean, not just in the here and now, but how does it link? And I think it's really important to understand how does it link our kind of current experiences in relationships how do those link with our early experiences and where kind of what where things might be going wrong maybe someone needs extra support there or or just for really kind of self-awareness I agree so, you know it's, it's so important isn't it because um that we, if we're not aware of um why things keep recurring in our relationships and uh why it keeps happening then there's not not much we can do to change it is there Mm, absolutely so what I would like to say first of all is because I think there's a lot of in a coaching world people might hear about attachment and what does it mean and then these quizzes and all of that and now I've done this quiz and the quiz says this and that and does this mean there might be a little bit of um uh, well, sort of ideas that, um, that attachment is fixed. It is not 
fixed. No, definitely not. And another thing that one is better than the other. I will talk about the kind of what is maybe a little bit easier for someone and what might be more difficult. So uh, and then what's kind of like the, the, the key thing in all of this. But so if we talk about, so we have four different types of these sort of adaptations, how we adapted to those early environments and how those then um, inform those sort of later relationship templates and what we, how we sort of operate in our relationships. And of course, that depends on then we have more than, you know, usually more than just one caregiver there in the early, early days. And we have developed different types of sort of attachments to different people. So if we have, uh, if we kind of grew up in this sort of very traditional family setup, we had a mum and dad maybe. Um, and again, with, with those people, you know, we might have adapted one way to the mother and differently to the father. There might be other grandparents maybe, or other kind of significant um care, caring sort of individuals so all of this affects us so it's attachment is much more kind of fluid um, and we need to look at it sort of as a like in a very kind of holistic way it's yeah. not just something that is so fixed that you are now in this category um and i don't really like to kind of box people in because we are so much more than, than just kind of one, one way of sort of um, one category. So if we talk about, first of all, so the secure adaptation or attach, attachment style, that means that in your early history, in your early relationships, um, baby is likely to have uh, grown up in the environment which is very loving parents um, and the early caregivers are very both physically present, but also emotionally present. Um, and what that means that there is that sort of engagement from day one. There's engagement where the caregivers intact with the baby, take care of not only the physical needs, you know, um, change the diapers and and um, nappies, um, but also, you know, really attending to the baby's needs really promptly. And this doesn't mean perfect parenting. And more, many times parents say, oh my goodness, what does this mean now? You know, there's no perfect parenting, but to, to sort of develop a secure attachment, you need to have, according to studies, that at least sort of 30% of the time there was good enough parenting. And of course, that doesn't mean that the rest of the time it was absolutely awful. But the, the rest of the time it might be parenting mistakes happen. There's a disruption in the relationship. Of course, we have disruptions in later in, uh, in adult relationships. So we also have disruptions in the kind of early relationships. But then there's also the kind of acknowledgement and repair. So it's kind of good enough loving interactions. Yes, then um, there might be something going on uh, using a very kind of traditional sort of example of baby was on the floor, uh, mother had to go to the kitchen to get something and suddenly, I don't know, cat walked pie or something and or the dog and the baby got scared and suddenly realized that mother wasn't there and started crying. So then the, the mother comes quickly and soothes the baby and baby's okay again. 
But all of this happens kind of in that inner circle promptly enough. And when there's consistent parenting, consistent really attention like that, then that child develops then into an adult who really believes and has this kind of innate belief that there's someone out there in the world for me. And can really, you know, when they're in a relationship, people who have a secure sort of style, they are really usually quite sort of people, 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 <laughs> but they, they, they can relax in relationships because they have the early experience. There was someone there attending to my needs, someone who showed interest, someone who was really present with me. And when I'm in a relationship, I can trust that my partner is there. I can I can trust that other people in the world will help me. So there's kind of like this being able to relax. Yeah. So it's that sense of um, inner comfort, isn't there? Mm, and uh, yeah. feeling safe and secure. Yeah, absolutely. And really then in dating dating kind of what what does that look like in this in this sort of dating world is that someone who is secure they tend to be quite straightforward they say I like you I would like to see you again I've enjoyed your company there's kind of no sort of funny business or what have you because they really feel comfortable to be in the relationship and um, on also to communicate about their needs and so on, because they have the experience that there was someone who was interested in hearing and asking about needs and, and kind of meeting the needs. So all of this, now of course, it doesn't mean that they're, they're this perfect person who, who never struggles in relationships, but generally it is easier, a lot easier for them than for some other people to be in a relationship. Yeah, I suppose, because like you say, they've had that re positive reinforcement of knowing, mm. you know, the well-being and welfare has always been provided for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so there's all of this in, especially online dating and having all of that. It's, I guess, it's like when it feels comfortable be around someone because they're so straightforward. And I think that's often like the the kind of, um sign when someone's really like open and honest and straightforward and then if we talk about these sort of more anxious based adaptations and there are some literature now and I notice um this um book called attached is being quoted a lot by Dr Amir, Amir um what was his surname Amir Le Amir Amir Levine, I think it is. Uh, but anyway, the book is called Detached, and they use these terms in a particular way. <laughs> it's a little bit complicated where um, when we talk about adult attachment and then um, attachment with children, some of the terms are a little bit confusing, but I try to kind of keep them simple. And um, so we have these kind of other attachment styles which are more anxiety based so based so we have avoidant which then means for example that someone grew up in a family where perhaps everything was provided externally 
there was food on the table, there was kind of physically everything was taken care of, or, or even they were sent to the best schools and all of that. You know, that there was never sort of hardship in that way. But what was missing was that kind of good enough emotional engagement. Someone really showing that I really, I'm really interested in you. I'm really, I really want to spend time with you. Um, and then often children kind of grow up to be so self-sufficient because they don't have the belief that someone will come when I when I call. So it become super self-sufficient. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I, I was uh, one of those latchkey kids in the in the yeah. 60s that you know had yeah. a door key around my neck because my mum was one of um in a, in a time you know um yeah uh somebody that worked yeah as, well as my father which wasn't common in those days so yeah. uh, right from a young age you know um I was literally given a key to to let mm-hmm. myself in from school and yeah uh, literally didn't feel like I had that emotional connection with my parents because yeah. I was never home really yeah 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 so this is but, yeah. Yeah. Mm, on. The other half side of the coin, materially, you know, my needs were met. I had mm. you know, nice holidays, nice birthday presents, mm-hmm. good food, but not not I felt the love and the emotional yeah. and the time. Yeah. Yeah. And often that's what is quite confusing for people. It's like, but I had all of this, but it feels like there's something missing. And we can't, we are social beings. So we are actually bonding and the attachment is a biological need. It's a survival method. And and, and really um, when that is missing, then it leaves often that feeling of maybe emptiness or seeking something. That's, that's, there must be something wrong. Um, many clients I hear saying, you know, there must be this, this is feeling that like there's something missing and I'm not quite getting what it is. But often then it is about the kind of the lack of the emotional engagement. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember having a conversation with my mum in my 30s when I had my own mm. children, you know, and, and ask and saying to her, you know, I, I never heard you say I love you. Mm. <laughs> And to be honest with you, um, she did make the effort after that. And we yeah, started to yeah. sort of form a bit more of a connected more mother-daughter relationship. But she yeah. wasn't a very maternal mother in yeah. my formative years. Yeah. So it's lovely then when the, there's some form of repair later on, because mm-hmm. that can be the acknowledgement of that whatever didn't happen, that there was some sort of acknowledgement of that and repair um, and what I meant was mentoring before, you know, when we we're talking about the secure adaptation is that there's always the the repair is present. But when when there's when we're talking about, for example, avoidant adaptation, there's no repair. There's just um, often people say these comments like, oh, I was just kind of told to kind of get on with it. Don't cry. Get on with it. We need to just keep going all of that kind of stuff. And then what happens with this kind of super independence is, is well, there's the kind of often the sort of loneliness because there isn't the feeling of there's someone out there in the world 
But then also in adult relationship, what might happen is that it's really difficult to, although one might want to be in a relationship, but it's really scary to be in the relationship because there isn't that feeling that I can trust other people. And um, I mean, many people have obviously you know, ended up in relationships, but it's really difficult to kind of on a, almost like a cellular level to believe that there is another or even kind of remember on a, on a like a really cellular level that there's another person in their relationship because one has always learned to almost like defend for oneself and or just look after oneself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel, you know, that we need to sort of uh, make it clear that, you know, we shouldn't be blaming parents for being how mm. they were because they knew mm. no better, you know, and yeah. they did the best within the knowledge and awareness of their sort of experiences of growing up themselves. So, you know, Absolutely. this isn't about blaming parents. This is no. just about, you know, informing why we are like we probably are yeah. on the back of, you know, uh, the lack of or, you know, too much of maybe the care that we was given as children. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Often it is about repetition of these, what I learned as the parents learned in their only, own sort of childhood um, and they're just repeating what they know. And of course, you can, the patterns can change even as a parent when you realise and start changing things. It's all about self-awareness, really. Yeah, I mean, with, fortunately, I did have that conversation with my own mother and mm. uh, we did sort of reconcile things. But, uh, uh, you know, we, 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 we did end up getting close, but not as close as I would have liked. Mm. To have got. Mm. But, um, it's, it's very interesting, isn't it? You know, um, how those early relationships, whether it's mother or father or another caregiver have a, an impact on how we turn out later on and how that then subsequently impacts our, our future relationships and also uh, are we parent? Absolutely, absolutely. So then if we talk about another anxiety-based um, um, adaptation, which is the, it's called either the sort of preoccupied or ambivalent adaptation. Also, I think in the attached book, it's called just the anxious but these are all, all of these, you know, there's anxiety present in all of these, apart from obviously the secure. Um, and here we are talking about, it can be either the, the baby's or child's experience. It can be either that there's very sort of inconsistent, inconsistent parenting, maybe parents were really loving, fully present during the weekends. But of course, the child didn't know that during the week, the parents had to go and work really long hours. So there was not enough of the good stuff. And maybe there were lots of caregivers, nannies, um, various people coming in and out. And, and um, so it was just not enough of the consistency. Or then, of course, another way might be that this uh, is a very anxious family where there's a lot of anxiety and lots of worry. So um, because children pick up what's the kind of parents sort of, um, you know, the, the sort of almost like the unconscious message almost. It's like, you know, can we trust the world? You know, is, are there, is the world safe or is the world dangerous on the whole? 
Um, and when we are talking about this sort of anxious, um, preoccupied style, the child doesn't learn that they can trust that other people are there and then it will always come. So all of they've had maybe lots of good stuff and good enough times, but just not enough. So going then into adult relationships, often what happens is that there's quite a lot of relationship anxiety. It's really difficult to believe that my partner is there. And, and, and there's almost like this kind of constant hunger for more. So wanting more reassurance, more um, really, you know, partner to, to reassure really that they are there. Even if, um, even if the par partner is loyal and everything is really difficult to believe and relax into the relationship because there's been so much anxiety in the early years and that's kind of that's ingrained in the in the body and I think that can also manifest itself in being very desperate and needy you know yes. in, in the way that you interact with your partner as well can't it yeah absolutely absolutely um and there are lots of ways then of course that then you need to find the right kind of person for you so what often happens which is a very common um, situation in a couples therapy is that you get someone who is more avoidant and someone who is more kind of preoccupied. One needs lots of closeness and then one needs lots of space. So then we are in conflict because maybe we are both trying to find the happy medium, but our internal experience is that, you know, one is scared by too much closeness and one wants more closeness. Mm. So then that becomes a, a dynamic that that you need to kind of be aware of that and communicate to each other about um, what you need and, and so on. Because obviously if you're the person that's the more avoidant and wanting your own time and space, it doesn't mean you don't love your partner. It just means, mm -hmm. that, you know, you're probably find, finding it or feeling a bit smothered at, in that yeah. particular moment, you know, because of their your partner's anxiety and, and the need for constant reassurance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then let's talk about the uh, the final one, which is then the fearful, anxious, fearful, also sometimes called disorganized, but anxious, anxious, fearful adaptation. And this is really a combination of um, of the sort of anxious, preoccupied and avoidant. So usually a child um who who then grows up to be anxious um fearful grows up in a family environment where maybe there's violence the um caregiver is in some ways quite scary and of course we've been biologically you know we we've been programmed to bond with our caregiver but then what if the caregiver is actually frightening so this is very confusing for the um, for the whole the body, the whole nervous system, everything. And so then one might go to these extremes of of really being fearful of connection, but then at the same time, uh, you know, being at times really quite um, sort of needing intense interaction. And this is the rarest of all. Uh, so about maybe 50, 55% are securely attached of, of, you know, of the general population. And then um, 
the um the last one the fearful one is probably i think is about 10 percent or so of, of the population somewhere around that um and then so yeah in it's really often difficult for a person who is so in a constant limbo can't relax at all in the relationship and then actually you know i would recommend professional help because um those early wounds are so prominent that they come to play um and uh, it would be good to kind of you know do healing work really to to do you know calm the nervous system and to be able to relax you know in one's own company but then also thinking about relationship and so on um so as I mentioned in the beginning, that people might have picked up in some ways in you know social media and all of these kind of things that you know that one is better than the other, or what if what what does it mean if I'm this now and and how can I how can I even heal how how can one get this sort of what's called acquired secure attachment adaptation, and that you can have through therapy you know, kind of self-development work, coaching. Um, but also if you happen to meet someone who is secure and being in the relationship with them can also then be really healing. Um, and what's really important, I think beyond going beyond all of these, what really is important, all of these categories and what have you, is thinking about, Okay, so who am I as a person? How much closeness do I need? How much personal space do I need? And thinking about them when you are dating is like, you know, finding the right match. So finding someone who, um, who you know, feels similarly, where you, you match in terms of how much personal space, you know, if... If one always wants to go out a lot and, and do, you know, wants to have lots of their own activities and hobbies and you're someone who needs lots of, kind of reassurance all the time, well, there's going to be a conflict. But, okay, if, if the other person then is, is willing and happy to, to kind of rein it in a little bit, um, it can work out. But then it can be quite tricky and you might need to go to therapy and so on. But when you're dating, it's really important to think about, okay, so what it is that I need, what kind of person would bring quite good balance um, and communicating about those needs. Um, And those, because I think there's those kind of words of like, am I now too needy or... You know, there's some sort of judgments almost, but it is that it's it's really important that it's like you are okay as you are. It just means that you need to find the right kind of environment for your needs. And of course, you can then do self-development work and healing work to help you to relax even more. Yeah, I think it's very important to you know go on um, a self-development journey you know if you can resonate with probably some of these traits as being not healthy in Mm. your past or current relationship because I think nobody goes into relationship wanting to exude neediness or jealousy or mistrust do they but you know if if 
if you're uh, being conditioned to feel or experience that way, then then you might be exuding those as negative traits without even realizing, you know, where those traits have come from. And mm. it's always usually from either past experiences or relationships, or like you've been talking about, literally from childhood and the, in the way we've been brought up and parented. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um and what's really important is like you know creating the environment that is right for you because if you choose a person like who who needs so much distance trying to force yourself to be in the relationship it's likely to bring up a lot of conflict so when you're dating you're there making decisions and and choosing the right person for you so choose someone who also maybe likes lots of cuddles, lots of kind of close time. And then you are, you know, you're both helping each other. But if you go for the one who needs so much personal space, and often, of course, then that is probably what's um, what gets activated within you. So be aware that if there's someone, if you need lots of reassurance and you meet someone who clearly communicates that they're very super independent um, and this is likely to kind of create a reaction within you. So be aware of that. Uh, it Because those early wounds, if they weren't, if they haven't been healed, if you're not aware of them, you're likely to kind of gravitate naturally to the to the person who in some ways you recreate the early wound so seek for a person who is a good match in a way that you are sort of healing together in a way because you are reassuring each other and and so on yeah i think it's it's good that you mentioned that you know there is 55% of the population that are mm. the secure you know, in, in terms of their attachment style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is the majority of the population. So uh, I feel that, you know, like you said, if you get into a relationship with somebody who has got that secure attachment style and can have these open and honest conversations, then you can naturally learn from them how mm-hmm. to be and feel more reassured and confident and safe and protected, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're two two quite sort of preoccupied people, quite anxious people, you know, you can again negotiate a good love match potentially. If you are talking about your needs and what needs to happen and what you like, you don't like, like in any relationship. But absolutely being um in a relationship with a secure person that um that can be really healing. And also for the the avoidant person, it's really about the self-awareness. And learning to regulate one's emotions and kind of helping oneself to relax gradually um, into a relationship, but um, doing it with the right person. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you are finding that you're in a relationship or been in previous relationships where you are being triggered, know that those things that are triggering you are what needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that those are the things that, that really are being brought to your awareness that um, you probably need some self-help or coaching or therapy around, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many things that you can do by yourself, but then there can be a limit to it. So, um, but, you know, 
Awareness is the first step. And then doing all sorts of self-loving practices and all of that kind of stuff can be really helpful. It's, everything's about kind of regulating your nervous system. And um, and that seems to be like the buzzword today, but it is really, you know, going back to, to you know, baseline for, for us. And, and um, yeah, it's it's really important to do your own work because that way you will then find the right person for you and um, create healthy relationships in the future. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. So, Mario, how can our audience get in touch with you? What's your best form of contact? Well, I'm, of course, I'm on Instagram and you will have in the in the show notes my links there. But also I have a free masterclass that I run in um couple of months ago now um and so i still got the successful dating secrets masterclass i've got the um link there if you want to go and learn more about dating secrets and and finding the the right person for you without falling into this sort of you know situationships or, or casual situations which are very confusing but actually finding the right person for you so but you'll find the links there in the in the notes excellent and any final words of wisdom before we end this particular episode well i think the final wisdom would be that um knowing yourself it's like the the sat nav in the car when you know yourself you know where you want to go but if you don't know yourself, then it is like your sat nav is, is kind of broken and it can take you wherever um, and in the places. So, yeah, do your own work. And um, so many good things will come out of that. <laughs> I love that you sort of give the analogy of a sat nav, because quite often if we haven't got a sat nav, we could end up going uh, literally round and round in circles around yeah. that roundabout, can't we? And uh, even sometimes get stuck and you know even end up in reverse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a fascinating conversation today, Mary, about the attachment styles. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Lynn. It's been a, such a pleasure. So it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.